0: and a 17 time NBA All-Star the third highest score in NBA history the 2008 MVP two-time NBA Finals MVP five-time NBA champion a six six guard from Lower Marion High School where he won the title in 1996 number 24 Kobe Bryant. Everybody, we are live with Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 206. Kyle Bennett, Matt Castrina coming at you live from Underground Studios. As always, show brought to you by Main Auto LLC, Douche Arms Pro Foot, Security 21, Wainwright Bernhardt Funeral Home, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Auto Mall, Mark Ronchetti, CPA LLC. Tax season right around the corner if you're in the South Jersey area. Get your taxes done with our guy, Mark Ronchetti, and of course, the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland and show powered by Design Tree. Make sure you check out our storefront, dsgntree.com, search Underground Sports Philadelphia, and use the promo code dsgn 5 for $5 off at checkout. What's going on, Matt? I'm living the dream. Well, this is the first time uh, we've been live since a lot has gone down, Um, most notably Uh, The unfortunate passing of Kobe Bryant, his daughter Gigi, and seven other incredible humans uh, that passed away in that tragic helicopter crash. And, um, you know, as the days go on, obviously it's going to slow down in the news, but this is the first time we've gotten a chance to, you know, talk about it. And um, I don't think it's really even set in for me yet that somebody we grew up watching and kind of influenced our nba fandom you know as kids is no longer here
1: yeah i mean i grew up hating kobe (laughs) you know like and it's it's interesting because he was kind of heralded as like being like kind of a a philly guy um i think he got a lot more love in his like post career from philly because you know he kind of enjoyed like you know rooting for the eagles and it seemed like he had some some more of like that but i mean i like I was seven when the two thousand one NBA finals happened, but Mm -hmm. I've that's like one of my earliest sports heartbreak memories and like all my friends at school were rooting for the Lakers and like loved Kobe. And I loved the Sixers. I loved Allen Iverson, still do, obviously, but um, like I remember, like crying, <laughs> like when we yeah. lost that final. Like I, I, I vividly I so remember upset.
0: the "We're gonna rip their hearts out." Yeah, so I'm gonna cut your heart out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I mean that, but but that's also like the perfect, I think, uh, summation of who Kobe Bryant was. Um, yeah, and I mean, we he was like the top three athlete for us growing up. Like he was incredibly dominant. Um, you know, like he he was everywhere. He you know also like. He had an interesting career in that, like, he grew up with, like, how we did with, like, the internet age age mm-hmm. and all, all that comes with the good and the bad. Um, and, like, he, it's sort of similar to me, like, his rise and sort of domination of, like, a brand is very similar to Jordan, that, like, Jordan was the best player in basketball and best player of all time in a, in a time period where basketball absolutely exploded, like, mm-hmm. internationally and became, like, a giant, like... this makes a lot of money now a lot of more people are interested and part of that was because of what Jordan did and you know capitalizing off the back of like the Lakers Celtics rivalry rivalry of the 80s um, Kobe like became like a megastar in not in like not like he owes his fame right of course the internet but like because of that or like he he sort of evolved with that and he was like the first star that went through really every phase you can where it's like early early like days of internet you know like late 90s early 2000s all the way till twitter and you know his his final game was like you know live streamed on twitter basically Mm -hmm. like everyone was kind of watching it together and you look back at the beginning of his career and just how weird that difference is and um yeah i mean he's uh he like i think the the everlasting kind of thought about kobe is like just what uh um competitive prick he was honestly and i mean that in the best way like he was just he was just an ass wanted it and more than anybody absolutely and he was willing to do whatever it took to win work as hard as possible and he was willing to tell his teammates they weren't working hard enough um and that's that's always going to be like the way i think about him is just the way that he carried himself um definitely marched like the beat of his own drum he certainly had, like, a, a very particular way of thinking, and it worked for him. And, uh, you know, it's it's a shame because I was really curious to see, like, what his – you know, he'd had a few years out of the league now, but, yeah, like, it just felt like we were starting to get, like, a just a silhouette of what, like, Kobe Bryant's post-NBA career was going to – like, you know, he died extremely young. he 41, and you think, like, someone like him, you're going to get another 40 years of him in, yeah, like, the, the spotlight. Like, and – you know, to to be robbed of that and and what his, like, evolution was going to be and what he could have done for the next generation or really the next next generation because, you know, a lot of the players in the NBA now, you know, you saw their reactions to all this as well. Like, they grew up on Kobe just like we did and, yeah, it's it's heartbreaking, you know, because um, there's always going to be, like, a big what-if about, like, the next stage uh, of his career and of his his life.
0: Yeah, I mean you know we were too young to experience you know the full Michael Jordan experience we got kind of the tail end and obviously we got the the Wizards Michael Jordan but we were you know young kids when Kobe was drafted into the league we were just like you know in preschool mm-hmm. and then we kind of grew up with Kobe and that was our era of NBA like we grew up in the Kobe Bryant era of NBA basketball and he you know Everybody wants to compare Jordan and LeBron and who's the great. I think Kobe Bryant is the closest player type to Michael Jordan that we've ever seen. You go back and look at all of these videos people are posting now, uh, you know, lining them up with Michael Jordan, it's so eerily similar just how much he wanted to be the greatest. Yeah, stylistically definitely the
1: closest I, I think we've we've had and probably may ever have, realistically. Mm-hmm. Like, um I think some of Kobe's like impact has been lessened over the last few years and part of that is because of he can he can't have changed the era of basketball that he played in that, you know, from like the early two thousands to like, you know, twenty thirteen, like mm-hmm. ISO ball was the way like the paint was heavily protected like that was just you know he can't help just like you know Jordan in his early career couldn't help that you know three point shooting wasn't a thing, and, it, and that didn't really take off until this decade um and, and you go back to like the eighties and seventies those guys just had to play with the rules and the style of the time, and Kobe I think um has gotten some like negative marks on his career because it was such an iso heavy you know hero ball kind of uh league and that's the thing, though. It was the league was that way. It wasn't Kobe Bryant necessarily. Now, of course, he took things to the extreme at times. Of course, um, but yeah, I think he's he's kind of been blighted a little bit by like the the analytics community. But um, there is something to be said about a guy that could shoulder all that responsibility so often um, and come back with results. Like whatever you want to say about him, the dude won five championships, and that's not like the end all be all of discussion. Uh, but that's something that not many players in any sport will ever do you know it's rare to even get one it's so hard like think of lebron and how long it took him to Mm -hmm. get his first championship it took him eight years in his career and he was already a great player he was already at that point his his career one of the best players of all time on his second like yeah it's it's just um he's one of the 10 maybe even five best basketball players of all time at that point it's like you're splitting hairs on like who you put where but yeah his impact on the game is is massive and um, yeah, he's you know he was a megastar for us growing up. You know, everyone like jokes about like the Kobe thing, like but that was a legitimate thing. Like it was just everywhere. Like he he really uh, ingrained himself into like just the minds of, you know, not even a basketball like fandom of just general sports. Like he was just everywhere. And there's that old saying about um, you know when he when you refer to, like, an athlete or another famous person by just one name, like, that's when you know they're it. They and it. Kobe has been Kobe, like, really his entire... It's similar mm-hmm. to LeBron, really, too, where it's, like, their entire career they've been Kobe, they've been LeBron, and I think um, he... Yeah, his, his impact on the game, like, can't be understated at all. Like, it, it's just uh, he, you can, you could see even, and it's unfortunate that it has to be this way. Um, but you can see in just the, 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 waves now coming in of, of people, you know, eulogizing about him and talking about, you know, what he meant to them as, as players growing up, you know, coaches that coached him and, and even played with him. Um, and it's heartbreaking to hear it, but it's also, it's, it's the truth. And, and that's, that's the impact that he had, um, on, on the game. And yeah, it's just, it's just, so incredibly unfortunate that we're not going to get to see like that next, you know, the next thing that he was going to do. And I mean, it, even outside of basketball, he was someone that was always seemed very like proactive and learning more. Like he, we know about his, uh, how many languages he spoke, that he learned Slovenian just to talk shit to Luka Doncic, like, great. which is like, I think the ultimate Kobe thing to do. <laughs> like, um, yeah, and I mean that's that's just who he was, and uh, it he just
0: w- like he won an Academy Award. Yeah, not f- far after he he retired. Like, like. he he had
1: such an interest. Like um, he he was really heavy involved with with body armor, the sports drink. Mm-hmm. Um, he had like his ESPN uh, show details that he did, and that was like his way. Like this is what he wanted to do. He didn't go to like. You know, not that I'm bashing the TNT show, but right. he didn't—he didn't do like the Talking Head thing. He was like, "No, I'm Kobe Bryant. I'm two- I have a million other ideas." And um, you know, he had obviously the Mamba Academy, and and that's obviously now intertwined with this really tragic story. Um, but yeah, he had he had all these things, and I, I don't know. It's just, and it sucks uh, because we're, we're not going to get to see that. And I, I think he'll he'll leave a big hole just in the world. He was just so beloved. I mean, you're even seeing, you know. He obviously grew up in Italy and and loved soccer as well. And you're seeing you know all these European soccer teams you know talking about his legacy and and even you know seven time zones away, people being affected by this and having so, moments of silence and, and all these things. Like That's in the
0: tennis player that was getting ready to play Nadal the yeah. other night, wearing a Kobe jersey, walking into the arena like you saw Neymar with his tribute. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just countless people were affected. Like. You rarely see Ellen DeGeneres break down crying in sadness and that happened on her show talking about her relationship with Kobe Bryant like like you said he was more than just the sport he transcended sport he was a cultural icon and you know when you think of like these impactful like deaths like this is easily number one of our lifetime like Absolutely. just like time frame wise like yeah we were you know, you remember where you were when Michael Jackson died, but our parents were the ones that kind of grew up with Michael Jackson. That wasn't us. And even, like, thinking about it, and obviously we didn't get to experience the whole Michael Jackson era, but, like, I think this Kobe Bryant death far surpasses Michael Jackson on just the grand spectrum of how important he was to so many people in so many different communities and, and just walks of life.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's um, a, it'll definitely be a day that like you remember, like I remember where I was when I, and it, it's, it, it was so shocking too, just because of how young he was. And especially since I, I think there's something to be said about him being like an athlete. You always think like, Oh, well, you know, like he's incredibly fit and healthy was
0: invincible.
1: Yeah. And th- that's the thing. The thing too is like Kobe, like again, growing up, this guy was like unstoppable. He had the strongest of wills and you know, he, that was like the way he played and the way he lived. Um, so yeah, it's just, it, it took me a really long time to even like wrap my head around the idea of, of it being real. And, uh, it still, it still feels very strange. Um, and it, it's just, yeah, it's, it's sort of like we've been living in a fog the last few days. And, um, I, I like in my life, I've never experienced or seen like a, a death like this kind of just stop the world and um and and make everyone like pause because like you know in it, it, it's just um it's definitely gonna be i think the the saddest sports day that i'll i'll ever experience like just on a human level mm-hmm. like there's just nothing it, there's there's no time that'll pass that i think that makes this feel like any any better like you know it kind of you, you move on it's just always gonna feel like wow like that's just it's just so incredibly tragic you know and, and when you consider like the other loss of human life involved it's like it's just like, it's hard to even think about because it just gets worse the more you think about it, and um, it's it's just so incredibly tragic.
0: Yeah, and I mean, you know, Kobe was one of the four basketball players, you know, when I was younger that really got me watching the NBA. Like, he was one of the people that was like, okay, I'm going to sit down and watch a game. It was Kobe, it was Allen Iverson, Tim Duncan, and Shaq. And ironically, two of them were on the same team, and you know, they always talked about Kobe and Shaq, like, can Kobe do it on his own? And he ends up winning two more championships by himself and proves so many haters wrong about how he didn't need Shaq to win titles. And I think just, like, for him to spend 20 years with one franchise is also insanely impressive. Like, that rarely happens. We might see it with Tom Brady if he ends up going back to the Patriots, but you never see one athlete stay in one city For one decade, let alone two. And for Kobe to be able to just, you know, ingrain himself into Los Angeles and be part of Los Angeles culture, you know, he's always going to be tied to LA, but I think this loss hit this side of the country that much harder because Kobe, like you said, you know, he has the Philly ties, went to Lower Marion. There were people in the community who played against Kobe Bryant in high school. There were people who watched him grow up because his dad played for the Sixers. Like, I think just as much as kobe was la he was that much philly because that's where he got his start yeah absolutely and um you know it's like he
1: he might be one of the last especially like big stars to do the entire career well technically even too like he you know you you go back to his draft night and and sort of forcing the trade he was one of the first players to kind of flex player power Mm -hmm. um interestingly enough but yeah i mean it's very unlikely we'll see someone like Kobe again in terms of like the longevity with, with one team and, and, you know, the the accolades that went along with it. Like, I don't think we'll ever see that. I don't think we'll ever see someone do, you know, almost 20 years with the same team and put together, you know, all the accomplishments that he did as a team and as an individual. Um, I I just don't see it uh, because now I I think players are, are much more happy to move. And I think the, you know, the league has changed in that regard to, to opening up to that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, he's, he's one of a kind and, um, you know, it's, it's even more tragic when you think about the, the hall of fame coming up and, you know, how interesting it would have been to hear what he had to say at his speech and, um, him having that moment again of, you know, being recognized as as one of the all time greats. And, um, now that's going to have a big, just black mark on it, you know, and it's, Um, that's incredibly sad, and, you know, the guys that he was going to go in with, too, were guys that he competed against, and I, you know, it's just, it, 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 it's such a heartache, and, um, you know, it's, it's, I mean, we're sitting here a few days later, and it still feels like, you know, we just got the news, like, it just, it still feels so dreamlike, and, um, or more nightmare-like, I should say, and, like, you know, even, like, this is the first time I've ever, like, you know seeing games get postponed you know like since 9-11 like this is the mm-hmm. last time, like that was the last time in my life that i can remember off the top of my head that like uh, uh you know, something something tragic happening delaying sports like sports go on you know like it, there's a blizzard oh well games yeah. going on you know like I, it, it doesn't matter you know it, it, the the new orleans saints right when hurricane katrina unfortunately you know did a lot of damage to to the city they found a way they they played somewhere else for the season like the, the games went on um so to have you know the lakers clippers moves and all discussion about like other games which ended up going on but um that's just not common it's just not and i, I think um that too will always kind of stick with me just how you know the start of every game too everyone's taking like the shot clock violation like that just a, a really like emotional last few days in the NBA um and you know now we're going go to go into the All-Star break <clears throat> and I'm sure there will be more kind of celebrations of his life at the All-Star game um and I I'm, I'm kind I'm very curious to see kind of how they memorialize that and um yeah I mean it's just uh it's heartbreaking
0: yeah and you know obviously his daughter too was you know the the prodigy she was Every bit of him, you know, going to be the next big thing, and you know, you watch her her fadeaway jumper, and it looked exactly like his. She wanted to go to UConn, which is notorious for being the best, uh, you know, women's college basketball program. Uh, Kobe was heavily involved in the women's game in the WNBA. We got a comment on the uh, the Facebook feed saying that uh, it would be awesome if the WNBA, if they have an expansion team, call them the Mambas because of how heavily involved Kobe was with growing the women's game and making sure they were on an equal playing field as the men's game as much as they could be. Um, he did the same for, for soccer, too. You yeah.
1: see, to, he was a really big supporter of both U.S. national mm-hmm. teams, and um, he yeah, was very vocal about the the women's team getting more praise and, and more spotlight. Um, yeah, I mean, he was a— just a genuinely great ambassador for, for all these things. Right. And that's,
0: that's what you'll miss beyond all the other. Yeah. And, um, you know, for Gigi's life to be taken at age 13 is just horrendous. And, you know, we send, you know, all of our, our love and condolences to the Bryant family, to anybody that knew Kobe knew Gigi or any of the other lives affected by this. I know Cole Irvin, uh, knew the family, Uh, you know, the baseball coach and and everything from California, Cole being from California. So uh, our condolences go out to everybody affected, and it's obviously affected us too. You know, Kobe was one of our our childhood kind of idols, and whether we loved him or hated him, you know, he was one of the best, and he's going to be uh, severely missed. Um, And, you know, before all this happened, the Sixers played the Lakers. And that was what was so – like, it – so
1: like darkly Shakespearean, you know, like LeBron, like goes to Philly again. Like the the connection that you already have between the two like franchises is definitely like it's a kind of a a classic sort of rivalry. These two teams you have LeBron, one the best players of all time, passing Kobe all time scoring the list.
0: Sixers in free agency. And, yeah, like you have
1: all these like weird connections, and then Kobe obviously being like from like the Philly area. um and LeBron passing him and scoring, and then th- the next day, like... That's Kobe's last tweet. Like, it's just... It's just so insane. It really is. But, yeah, I mean, you know, to to the game side of it, um, great win for the Sixers. I mean, this was... It, you know, it immediately kind of just felt terrible, though. You know, the next day, you couldn't really, couldn't really feel good about it. Um, but... It was an important win because the again Sixers flexing the idea that home court advantage for them is just absolutely obscene and can beat anyone at home. The Lakers had a pretty tough road schedule coming into this, but Sixers were also without Embiid mm-hmm. and Josh Richardson, which uh, has been lost in the mist a little bit for this um, and it was one of Ben Simmons's best games. And funnily enough, I think I almost predicted his stat line yeah. to the T. <laughs> I think I gave him a triple double when I said, if if we're going to win, that's what he, but um, yeah, I mean, he, another like great performance um, that he had with, without Embiid. And,
0: it always feels like Ben wants to go an extra mile to make sure he's showing out against LeBron. Oh, absolutely. I think I, I'd imagine there's
1: like, I'm, you know, lebron we, we talked about how people have looked up to Kobe. lebron mm-hmm. is in that very same light of you know people have looked up to him i think him and ben have a, a strong connection That was part of the reason we thought lebron was going right. to come here um so yeah I, I do think he has that extra edge but um i god damn he looked amazing and uh <laughs> you know yeah, what, what ben did is what we've kind of been asking him to do not in the, the shooting realm but He was really aggressive going to the rim, which is what he needs to do more of. He needs to go to the line more because he's capable of of getting hacked. Um, Obviously, it would be better if he had a better free throw rate, right? But, um, you know, like he he plays aggressive like that. And and that opens up the floor in a a similar way to to if he was shooting, right? Obviously, it's not exactly like and we need him to improve in some areas. But um, when he's aggressive like that, the, the game opens up so much more and, um, I thought he it was another really really impressive performance from him.
0: Yeah, and and Tobias Harris too really stepped up, um, you know making clutch shots left and right in this game. He finished with twenty nine points. Ben with twenty eight and ten. Al Horford had a really good game in this one with sixteen and six, and it was really those three guys. You know, it was the three starters. He had a little bit of contribution here and there from Furkan and, and Neto, but overall, you know, it was those three guys, and then. Matisse Thibault's defense, which I I predicted on the show was going to be a key, and and he was spectacular um, in so many instances, even against LeBron. And you know just to see the way that this team came together, down two of their starters, their their best player still being out, playing against arguably the best team in the league, and and showing out, and and they played one of the most complete games. I think I've seen just teamwork-wise from this team all season. I mean, they
1: had nine turnovers in the first quarter that they forced. I mean, and uh, I think four or five of them were from LeBron himself, which mm-hmm. is, like, not a uh, particularly uh, common occurrence. So, yeah, the the defense especially was uh, was running wild. And, I mean, this is a really uh, usually very high-powered Lakers offense Um Certainly going to be able to score well, and that—that's been the story of the Sixers team a lot this season, especially against like the other, you know, top like teams around the league. Is that they've found ways to shut them down, and you know, the Lakers obviously made a, a late push to get back into this, and the last four or five minutes of the game, the Sixers shut it down again. We, and we've seen that like I—you could copy and paste that exact soundbite for so many games this season, where when when it is crunch time, this team absolutely locks people down and that is wildly impressive. It's not easy to do against this Lakers team to, to hold them like they did in, in in that last phase of the game and just create absolute havoc. And they do it against the great teams. They do it against the bad teams. They did it against the Nets, you know, a week and a half ago, um, where, again, it was a, a late push. It was a very tight affair, and they forced, you know, like three or four turnovers in the last, you know, four four minutes or so. Like, they, they have a habit of locking in when it matters, and that's, that's what gives me a lot of hope, and I think what gives this team so much promise um, going into the playoffs is that that, that is a winning uh, formula. Like that, that, is a, that is one of the key ingredients to winning an NBA championship is being able to, to do that, to being able to shut teams down. And this is, we've seen this a lot this year. I mean, this team handed the Milwaukee Bucks their worst loss of the season on Christmas Day. And you can say whatever you want about some of that being, you know, maybe luck based or whatever, you know, Giannis had a, had a pretty terrible night. Um, but I think there's some correlation there between Giannis having a terrible night. And this team has shown time and time again, especially at home that you will get the smoke and you, you will get locked down in Philadelphia. You absolutely will. And that is a, a huge, huge advantage as you, you know, were almost in February now. Um, You know all of a sudden you know before you know we're going to be talking playoff matchups and that's that's where this team i I think is really going to thrive and i mean you know now if they can start stringing some wings take jesus stringing some wings (laughs) stringing some wins together you know you're you're talking about the seeding improving they already moved up now into the fifth seed just barely but um you know if you start getting some more home court advantage throughout the uh you know the, the rest of the playoffs now like that's that's where you can really do some damage if you're the Sixers.
0: Yeah, and, uh, you know, I, w- I was very impressed that they were able to, you know, they had a 22-point lead. It goes down to five, and then they close it out and win that Lakers game, 108-91. And then, of course, yesterday's game, uh, you know, the the Kobe Bryant tribute game, we see Joel Embiid get the, the special permission to wear number 24, which is retired by the Sixers uh, for Bobby Jones. Uh, he called... Bobby, that morning, you know, yesterday morning, and, and uh, consulted with the Sixers about it. And they gave him approval to wear number 24 to honor uh, Joel's childhood hero. He said, Kobe's the reason he plays basketball. Uh, if it wasn't for Kobe, Joel would be playing volleyball, or who knows, maybe he'd be a doctor. Um, but the Sixers end up winning this game 115 uh, 104. Obviously, the Sixers had the, the crest on the court with Kobe's lower Marion High School number. Uh, a very well-done tribute by the Sixers, and we talk about it all the time. All the Philadelphia teams do a fantastic job with their tributes. Um, and, it just you know, I saw a tweet that was just – it was funny, but also, like, you know, who knows. Somebody said, you know, Kobe's up there playing real-life 2K with these players now with all these kind of weird instances um, that have gone down, and, you know, last night was another one of them. Joel Embiid, 24 points while wearing number 24 honoring Kobe and uh for the 24th point he hits a you know Kobe like fade away and in the press conference says he, he yelled Kobe uh as he took that shot not knowing it was going to be his 24th points of the game and uh I believe I heard it on the the post game broadcast as well he had eight defensive rebounds which is just eerie um but the Sixers win this one Ben Simmons another quality game good to see joel back and this was the the netto game 19 points off the bench in 21 minutes and it's even weirder because netto played against kobe bryant in his final game when the lakers played the jazz and it, this was uh
1: coach ben simmons too told yeah. told brett brown to, to to keep Neto in the game and uh it paid off and i mean it was good you know we we've been talking recently about how ben has been playing uh, a lot and, and having a lot of minutes he's I think somewhere in the top ten, mm-hmm. maybe even the top five in the league in minutes played um, this season. He's he's definitely racked up the mileage. So good to see him get a, a you know a little bit more rest, um, you know, and, and a, a more more chill night. And against a team like the Warriors, you'd hope that you'd have that ability to to take the foot off the gas just a little bit. And obviously Embiid, Embiid being back last night takes some of that burden off of him. Um, Yeah, I mean, this was kind of an ideal night for Embiid to come back in terms of your opponent because they don't really have the interior presence that's going to be able to bother him. So he's going to, you know, be able to get some some work in. Um, It's a kind of low-pressure game. It's at home as well. You know, this was good, and he looked pretty good. He Mm -hmm. he talked a little bit about how his his brace was bothering him a little bit. Some of that seemed a little tongue-in-cheek, like he was just... um, you know, blaming uh the, the brace for some of his usual turnover antics. <laughs> but um I mean, you know, so often the the mark against Embiid when he's, you know, been out injured or really even when he's been playing healthy is that he's, you know, out of shape and, you know, fatigued and stuff, but this was an injury that he was able to still, you know, work and, and work out through. He just, you know, couldn't really do anything, you know, maybe like hand related, obviously. Um he didn't look, you know, gassed. He didn't look like someone that uh had been had just a, a little bit of layoff. He looked still pretty uh, fitness-wise sharp, and there's a few moments where it's like, okay, this guy hasn't played basketball, and he's having to play with uh, you know this brace on. I get it, but if there was a, a good good performance, and obviously now you get him some of those reps as you go into a really really tough part of your schedule where you know this team could make a really really big statement, um, and you hope that uh, he's able to kind of get himself back at that like full 100 percent health here.
0: Al Horford, two assists away from a triple-double in this game. Um, just a really awesome game to see. And obviously, uh, the other Kobe tributes we didn't really talk about is a lot of players changing their numbers. Uh, and one of them is Zaire Smith. He wore number seven last night. Uh, but then Mark Zumoff confirmed that moving forward, Zaire Smith will be wearing number five. So for all you people that are uh, jersey watchers like I am, uh, Zaire is switching from number eight to number five along with plenty of other NBA players changing their numbers. I know I saw Jaleel Okafor is changing to number nine, I believe, from number eight. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie changing to 26. And uh, just a lot of a lot of players changing their numbers from either 24 or 8 uh, to honor Kobe. And in some instances, Kobe and Gianna too, which is really cool to see. Um, and obviously the, the petition going around to change the NBA logo, we'll see what happens there. Uh, I know that, uh, you know, a lot of those petitions kind of get thrown to the wayside, but when you see something that has millions upon millions of signatures on it, it's kind of hard to ignore, so it would be a a monumental move for the NBA to uh, change it from Jerry West, who has also said he would be... Well, it's technically not Jerry West, it's... (laughs) A player. A player. (laughs) Um, But... Jerry West, I believe there was a comment from him saying he is in favor of the league if they were to change it to to it being Kobe, so uh, we'll see what happens with that, but um, other than the NBA news, Matt, uh, it's obviously Super Bowl week, Andy Reid getting ready for another Super Bowl, but uh, one of the interesting quotes we got this week was LaShawn McCoy saying that uh, he wants to retire as an Eagle. Um <laughs> that was weird. my exact reaction to it.
1: Um It's kinda like Thad
0: Young saying he wants to retire as yeah. sixer. It's like uh like, okay. we, I, I get Shady is the all time leading rusher in team history, but you know, just as as things have moved forward with LaShawn McCoy and you get the, the weird stories about the party invites and just his his antics off the off the field, it's like I don't really want shady signing a one day contract here. Like, just call it a career when you're ready to call it a career.
1: Also, it feels like a lifetime ago. Yes, like that. That fe- I think it's partly because of the Super Bowl in between that, but that like Lashawn McCoy being an Eagle feels like forever at this point. It's really not, obviously, but um yeah, it that feels so distant and just like a completely different Eagles organization you know like really from top to bottom it's just uh completely different so i mean if that's what he wants i guess if the eagles are cool with it work it out but um as a pretty neutral party of this i i don't know it's <laughs> like it's, it's just it, kind of weird
0: it's so weird to bring up during super bowl week two, like you'd think you'd be just wanting to reference you know chief's questions and stuff like that and how he ended up there and um it is interesting to think about too that ever since Shady left the Eagles have not given another player number 25. Um you know, I'm I'm all for if they want to put him in, you know, the ring of honor because he is the all-time leading rusher and that kind of stuff. Don't retire his number. Um I've heard takes about that like I wouldn't have retired Donovan McNabb's number to be honest and you know the Eagles went about that and did that but I, I would not retire LaShawn McCoy's number. I, I think it would just be a, a weird stain on the organization to honor a guy like him and uh, you know, there's there's talk about how he's been he was mad that Deshaun Jackson got to return to the Eagles before he did. Like I don't know. I, I I liked Shady when he was here, I was a fan, but as as time has gone on and and you know, more and more about who he is as a person has come out. I I just don't care for shady to, you know, get that kind of pomp and circumstance from the Eagles.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I don't really, <laughs> I don't. It's weird, you know. I I don't think there's, there's there's even Eagles that were on that Super Bowl winning team that I think will always be remembered mm-hmm. in like a higher light. That I don't even know if it's like you know, necessarily, like, if they have different plans for the end of their career, to be like, yeah, that's cool. Like, you know, and, and like, yeah, obviously LeSean McCoy is always going to have a P.C. Eagles history with him, but it's like, I don't know. Yeah, like, are you going to, like, if he wants to retire as an Eagle, I guess I guess that's fine. Like, yeah, that's sh- his prerogative, yeah. but I don't know. It's just, It just seems strange because he's just not – he's not even someone that I don't think the fans have really, like – Pine for. It. Like, Deshaun Jackson, I think, actually has almost oh, more absolutely. of a, a a love and sort of general, you know, and he has a, a really iconic moment, obviously, in Eagles history, but, um, yeah, like, it's not like the fans have, like, been, you know, the Wolverine meme of LaShawn McCoy. Yeah. Like, it's been like, yeah, I mean, he like, was I'll great, remember but... Shady
0: for the snow game and, and, you know, big games that he had, but, like, you know, as, as you look back at it, you know, Shady was traded and I think that played a big part in it. He was he was traded for another player who then ended up being part of a deal that got the Eagles Carson Wentz. And I think a lot of people look at it that way. is like if the Shady trade doesn't happen, the Eagles more than likely don't have Carson Wentz as their quarterback right now. Where Deshaun Jackson was wrongfully released, um, you know, by Chip Kelly for something that was potentially fabricated we still don't know about all of you know the the what-ifs with that situation but I think that played a big part in it too where Deshaun a lot of fans felt like they were robbed of prime Deshaun Jackson because of Chip Kelly's prerogatives and you know he ended up trading LaShawn McCoy and at the time it was like what the hell is happening but when you look back at it trading him for Kiko Alonso ended up netting you the pick that helped you move up to with the Cleveland Browns, to get Carson Wentz, who is now your franchise quarterback. And without LaShawn McCoy being moved, you probably don't have that. And I think that's where a lot of fans kind of look at this, is like, you know, Deshaun was released, Shady was traded, and it ended up being for the better.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, again, just uh he's sort of a figurehead of a tumultuous time in Eagles history, uh, at least recent history. And uh not you know, really not through necessarily any fault of his own, but I think I think he does kinda get some of the unfair stink of uh Chip Kelly. And that's not necessarily fair to him as as a player, but you know, that's just the way I think he'll he'll always be kind of marked with that era.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um before we get into a couple other things, one little tidbit of Phillies news Uh, A lot of people, including myself, are kind of waiting for the Phillies to bring Brad Miller back because he was great off the bench for them last year. Would be a solid bench piece for them now. Probably would not cost them too much. But uh, a report today from John Heyman before this player went and signed with Gabe Kapler and the San Francisco Giants, the Phillies and Mets had interest, Matt, in the Kung Fu Panda, Pablo Sandoval. Oh, man. (laughs) It's, I guess it's. If we can't have bamboo, you get the panda. It's honestly like
1: Matt Clentag woke up in like 2012. Like <laughs> this dude, I mean, like, genuinely. Like I think he, I think like something happened like three weeks ago where he's like, I need Francisco Liriano's agent on the phone right now. I need Pablo Sandoval on this team. Get
0: me Neil Walker. <laughs> like bring him to me. What's Buster Posey up to?
1: Uh, Matt, we already have JT Ramuto. He's actually in arbitration right now. We need—we <laughs> needed to talk about that. Who's that?
0: Oh it's, wait, we have Andrew Knapp.
1: It's just um, it's not the news you want to hear about your team. No, you know, uh, when you're hoping that um, the Phillies are going to make kind of a big leap this off season and make some smart signings and be cutting edge, um, this is like a a massive regression in in thought. And uh, glad, glad we didn't actually
0: sign him. That's, yeah. that's good. Thanks, Gabe. Um, Philly social media news, speaking of JT Real Muto, Bryce Harper uh, posted on his Instagram a couple hours ago a picture of him and JT in the powder blues. JT uh, and Bryce on the helmet, and the caption says, Best catcher in baseball. You're a loser if you don't think so. Let's get it going again, 100 emoji. And JT hits him with a comment back with two Ben Simmons emojis and says can't get here soon enough. And the poor person that runs the Philly social media Instagram says no debate with the Ben Simmons emoji. Like, wait until uh, arbitration's done because <laughs> we need that to uh, to happen asap. Well, that's clearly
1: uh, Bryce putting the pressure on JT to <laughs> and and the Phillies to to work it out and and get a deal done. I I hope that it's going to get resolved. Uh, in in good haste um but it's weird you know like pitchers and catchers were two weeks out from from getting some yeah. uh, some good action i think they put out the the fake pre- press release today that we're going to be getting some hashtag content um which is great and um i'm i'm excited it's you kind of like selling yourself again like Ah oh, Phillies, like it's gonna be a fun <laughs> year and like you know, hopefully everyone stays healthy this year. That's the and, biggest thing, I think. You know, and I, I think there's a lot of mitigating factors the last season, so I'm I'm going into this with a lot of positivity, and we'll, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how damaged my ship gets uh, by Memorial Day.
0: I think pitchers and catchers is the biggest tease, too. Because, yeah. like, you're like, oh, it's pitchers and catchers, like, I can't wait, I can't wait, and then it's here, and it's like, nothing actually happens. Like, they're just throwing bullpens, and you're getting reports from, you know, Jim Salisbury and, you know, Matt Gelb and Matt Breen, like, oh, this person looks leaner for the first time in, in three years, and he's in the best shape of his life, and his arm feels great, and Nick Pavetta has a fourth pitch. Yeah, because and... he's just had two months off. Of course he feels great. <laughs> and then Most people wait. most people feel
1: great if they just had two months off of work <laughs> and come back to work like, yeah, this is great. I love working. And then you got to
0: wait two more weeks yeah. for the actual stuff to start happening. And it's crazy to think back, you know, a year ago, we were still like a month away from Bryce Harper being signed.
1: Yeah, I mean, we were still uh, still debating on on um, and, and still waiting on on who was, who was coming, who was going to be the big <laughs> addition, and um, yeah, looking forward to that anniversary. That was a lot of fun. It was, um,
0: and obviously today is also a Bell Let's Talk Day, which I think is a, an important day in just you know the world and and bringing light the uh, ending the stigma of you know depression, anxiety, and, and mental health issues. And, um, I think we, we said this, you know, the, the couple times we've, uh, had the show, it seems like we've always had it on this day. Um, you know, our DMS are always open. If you need somebody to talk to, you can always reach out to us. We are more than willing to listen, talk to you and and help you in, in any possible way. Like our, our brand and our network was kind of built on being a family. And, um, you know, connecting with our community and our listeners and followers and stuff like that. And, you know, we're almost two years into this thing, which is crazy to think about. And, um, you know, we've built such a a fun fan base in that short amount of time. So if anybody is out there that does need somebody to just talk to, we are always available for you uh, in any way we possibly can. And speaking of our anniversary, Matt, uh, last year we did this. The Underground Sports Philadelphia Wall of Fame, Hall of Fame, not sure what we're going to completely call it, because I think Wall of Fame kind of is a little bit of a a selling it short, Um, so we might rename it, tweet us and let us know um, what you think, but I think today, tonight, live on the show, uh, we can put out the first ballot, um, and I think we can start with the Legends ballot, um, and I think... From my perspective, there's two guys like we did last year that were kind of uh, easy to put in. And this year we had one Hall of Famer, Harold Carmichael. I think he's a, a fantastic fit. And unfortunately, you know, with the the passing of Kobe Bryant and his ties to Philadelphia, I think the two of those should be locks on our Legends ballot. We're going to put the poll out on Twitter once the show gets done. But wanted to get your thoughts on our, our Legends ballot that we add into this and see if... Uh, you know those two guys should be uh, inducted into our Hall of Fame.
1: Definitely, uh, two very deserving guys. One, um, actually, both now confirmed, going to be going to the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Kobe got the, uh, the unanimous approval. Um, so yeah, if they're if they're good enough for their respective Hall of Fames, I think they're, they're damn good for ours. <laughs> they're good
0: enough for ours for sure. Um, so we will put that poll out, and throughout the rest of the week and all of next week, we'll have our polls and announce them on our show. Uh, And next week, stay tuned for some giveaways to uh, celebrate our our two-year anniversary that's coming up on Friday. Matt and I will be at the Sixers game. Uh, So if you're going to be there, want to say hello, we'll be there um, hanging out. So um, looking forward to that. And, you know, our Wall of Fame. Last year, the inductees were a lot of fun. Obviously, we had Gritty's reveal in year one. We had Aaron Nola's Cy Young run. Going. Uh, we had Joel Embiid's mask uh, end up in there. So Joel might end up in there himself to join his mask. Uh, we had Roy Halladay and Brian Dawkins. And totally forgetting somebody. Oh, we had the, the Super Bowl Eagles uh, go in as well. So we just like to celebrate kind of the the fun things that have occurred, you know, throughout the year of our existence. You know, moving forward, it's a way to celebrate our anniversary. So um We'll have those ballots out there. And it's not a lock that, you know, somebody from each franchise or something like that will go in. Um, but the Legends ballot is something that will be a mainstay for sure. Um, so I think Harold Carmichael and, and Kobe Bryant are, are two perfect fits for that. And uh, we'll have those throughout the week, you know, moving forward. Probably put out a poll tomorrow for one of them. And uh, keep it moving Friday and then into Monday leading up to uh, our two-year anniversary. It's crazy to think. We've been doing this thing for for two years almost, and uh, wouldn't be here without our listeners, our followers, and and supporters. So we can't thank you guys enough um, for just riding with us and and making this thing into what it is. Just coming to you live from you know a basement in South Jersey, and uh, making a a a fun little project turn into a, a media company. So thank you guys from all of us here at Underground Sports Philadelphia for that. And, um, you know, we'll see what happens. Moving forward with the Eagles coaching staff search, they did hire a secondary coach. I I did forget about that, Matt. Marquand Manuel is the new Eagles secondary coach. A lot of people probably remember him more from his playing days, but he was also the defensive coordinator for the 2017 Atlanta Falcons, who the Eagles ended up beating in the playoffs. Um, You know, got a, a little... Tidbit information from uh, our Falcons guy, the DW Falcoholic, David Walker, uh, on Twitter. He's a great Falcons follow. He's been on Eagles Enemies the past two seasons. Make sure you're following him. He's fantastic. Um, Said he kind of got the raw end of the deal when the Falcons fired him. Thought he did a great job with their defense in 2017. So Eagles might have a, a nice change of pace at the secondary position uh, this season, with a new kind of voice in there, since Corey Unlin is now in Detroit. Yeah, new blood is always good, I think. <laughs> Don't have to worry about the double move anymore biting <sighs> us in the ass. Um, so we'll see. You know, if the offensive coordinator stuff comes down, I've heard one of the most absurd names to keep an eye on uh, from credible sources Ben McAdoo. <laughs> the Eagles would finally get their guy. Uh oh. Uh, don't, don't hold me to that. It's just things I've heard, uh, to keep an eye on. So, man, social media will blow up if Ben McAdoo is, uh, name the Eagles offensive coordinator because that mustache, man, people will tear him apart. Um, but yeah, if anything happens with the Phillies, we'll let you know. Chris Bryant did lose his grievance as well. Uh, so he does not hit free agency for another uh, two years, so after the 2021 season, which gives teams more of an idea on his trade value and, uh, kind of how much they can expect from Chris Bryant before he eventually does hit free agency, so could be something to keep an eye on, but obviously the Phillies were more inclined to uh go after Pablo Sandoval, so who knows what'll happen with that uh, Flyers will be back uh, next week you know, coming off the All-Star break and, uh it's going to be a, an interesting time period coming up. You know, Sixers looking good. They have a, a few tough road games coming up, you know, in the that top upper echelon of the Eastern Conference, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So make sure you're following us on Twitter, guys, at UndergroundPHI. You can follow Matt on Twitter, at Matt Castarina, You can follow me on Twitter, at KBIZZL311. And make sure you're uh, subscribed to us. On Apple Podcasts, leave your five star ratings and reviews. You know your your memories of Kobe Bryant, uh, how you're feeling about the Sixers after these big wins. Good. What you want to see the Eagles do uh, with their coaching staff and anything else that comes to mind. But five stars only, positive reviews because we have standards. We know you do too. And if you don't have an iPhone, you can check us out on Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher. The tune in app, iHeartRadio, radio.com, wherever you get your podcasts. We are there. Make sure you're following us on Instagram, too. We are pumping out the Instagram content left and right. A lot more is coming, too. Uh, it's the same handle as Twitter, at UndergroundPHI. And we got to give a shout-out to our sponsors. Main Auto LLC, Douche Arms Pro, Foot, Security 21, Wainwright Burnhart, Funeral Home, Paul J. Gillespie, Incorporated, Bob Novick on them all. Like we said, tax season right around the corner. Mark Ronchetti, CPA, LLC, is the place to go if you're in South Jersey. Tell them we sent you. Uh, And the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. And, of course, our friends at Design Tree making the thing happen with our merch. DSGNtree.com. Search Underground Sports Philadelphia and use the promo code DSGN5 at checkout. 90% sure we will be doing the Design Tree podcast on February 3rd. So it's going to be a lot of fun going up to Design Tree HQ, hanging out with Drew and the guys at Design Tree to do their show and uh, give everybody a little insight about us and potentially continue growing our audience. So uh, we'll keep you guys updated with that. And, um, yeah, we'll be back on Saturday talking a whole lot of stuff going down and, uh, you know, whatever pops up in the Philly sports scene, we got you covered. So uh, this has been Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 206. Oddly enough, adds up to eight. Rest in peace to Kobe Bryant and Gianna Bryant and the rest of the victims of that helicopter crash. Uh, Just an unfortunate situation. And uh, we're going to leave you with one of the coolest quotes from Kobe Bryant to end this episode on the recorded version of this show. But uh, for everybody here at Underground Sports Philadelphia, be safe. And uh, we'll catch you guys on Saturday. Peace.
2: Hello everyone. I'm so sorry I can't be with you tonight. However, I couldn't completely miss the chance to take a moment to share some thoughts with all of you. The lesson I cherish the most is how important it is to love what you do. If you love what you do and it's making you happy, all the hard work and perseverance will pay off. I once had a guidance counselor tell me that I shouldn't play basketball that it would never amount to anything for me. His negativity towards me made me stronger. You can't stop people from trying to limit your dreams, but you can stop it from becoming a reality. Your dreams are up to you. I encourage you to always be curious, always seek out things you love, and always work hard once you find it. So with that, I'll let you carry on with your evening. Please know I'm thinking of you, supporting you and encouraging you always. Peace.